Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of Man vs. Business. My name is Les Janes, and I am here with my co-host, Sean McMenamin. This week, Sean and I are discussing auditing, specifically internal auditing. So, with that, let's go ahead and start the show. Well, hello, Sean. How are you doing this evening? Good, Les. How are you this fine Tuesday? I am doing fine. Our weather out here in Texas is getting closer to your weather this week. We we okay. woke up at 72 degrees this morning. That's pretty nice. Not yeah. bad. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> we, were, we were at 59 and I wore a jacket to work. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> so um, this week we thought we would get into auditing, a uh, big part of uh, uh, businesses in all environments. Um, you know, uh, there's uh, a lot of different styles of auditing. I kind of break them, break them down into two major categories. You've got your uh, internal auditing and then you've got your supplier auditing. And what we want to talk about today is the internal auditing. We'll save supplier auditing for, for, another, for another session. So uh, internal auditing. Have, have you all started doing any sort of auditing in your environment yet? Not yet. I think okay. this will be a good part of our conversation as to as to what what stage do you have to be at to start yeah. to start internal auditing? Because you know what, putting in a program like that is is somewhat intimidating to the people that that are trying to learn a new process or, or have processes put in place to begin with, and then and then understand that somebody's going to be coming behind and you know auditing checking yeah and i do want to say that that auditing isn't a bad thing i know i think kind of like auditing you think irs and you think you know somebody (laughs) is out to get you with a big stick but really auditing is a it's like balancing your checkbook you can write checks all day long as long as you know you got enough money in the bank but i mean you, you make that audit to make sure that what you write checks against is actually what's being taken out of your account so you you need you need that you need that check against the process so the problem, though, is people are involved, whether we like it or not. And there's different types of personalities. So different people handle things different ways. But, but you are correct. In the, it, as, long as, the, as long as the environment is truly trying to stay true to what an internal audit is, which is focusing on the processes, focusing mm-hmm. on that part of the business, um, I think people will start to to buy into the importance, but I think you and I both know that they're not going to buy in immediately until you've got some success. And so mm-hmm. I think that rolling it out appropriately helps with that success. So, right. so I think that uh, the first thing I wanted to touch on was, you know, why do internal audits? When I think of internal audits, I do think of them being counterproductive to some of the newer uh, newer philosophies such as lean that is is rolling out in the environment. If you think of an internal audit, you you somewhat think of of an internal audit as being um, uh, evasive to your cycle time, evasive to your environment. Um, you know, the first thing you think of is is it's a waste of time. But I think one of the things we need to make sure we touch on today is why it's not a waste of time. So your thoughts on doing internal audits? Yeah, no, I agree with you that it's um, it, it's not a waste of time. <clears throat> the, the the message has to be sent to the whole organization that you know this is what we're going to do, and we're going to check against it. And the level of, of how we're checking will 
vary based on how hard the process is, how well we adhere to what the, the metrics say we should be achieving during that process. You know, so it really does tie together without being too complicated. As long as you have, you know, a couple of people that understand the mechanics of whatever the process is, and then the other the other end of it is how it's measured, and then the third side of it is corrective actions. Yeah. How do you then how do you then take that information that you're finding both from both from metrics and the audit and then feed that back into the process to make sure that what you want to come out is actually what's happening. Yeah, doing something with it. I think that that's mm-hmm. where you'll also get more buy-in is if your organization starts to see that it's making a difference. That right. when you do an audit and something comes out of it, then something is actually done from what's found. Uh, if you do an audit and they just kind of the the findings just float off into never never land, then that is, you you'll then create an environment where uh, people don't uh, buy into it because it's nothing's coming out of it, nothing's getting better. Absolutely, and, and one of the things I don't want to preempt a future show. Yeah, but we talked about this on our list is how do you how do you motivate employees? Yeah, and, and really. We'll talk about this in the future, but it's not just money. It's it's doing something with their efforts. Yes, that will motivate an employee. So just like we're talking here, the feedback from an audit, the the metrics after after a process is is uh, developed, all feedback into the value that that person is providing to the organization, and that gives them motivation. So internal audits are usually stemming from an organization needing to have some sort of quality system in place or they already have a quality system in place and they're either trying to get certified or they're certified and they need to maintain it. Uh, internal audits, if you read any sort of uh, uh, certification program such as you know ISO 9001 or AS9100 or 18001, 14, all of those have some sort of auditing component uh, to them, so that's one of the things that drives uh, why you would need to do audits. Also, regulatory and uh, you know governmental type uh, issues. If you work with those types of programs, will usually uh, require some sort of internal audits. If you do a lot of work for space, aerospace, and defense, uh, mm-hmm. you've got to do some sort of uh, internal auditing. But if you're in an environment that doesn't have any sort of certification requirements or any sort of regulatory requirements, should you implement auditing into your environment? To me, the the wise answer is yes. I would think if so too. If you're in, and it's not just because we need something to talk about here. It's, <laughs> it's, it's because you can't you can't last very long if you are just if you are just generating a product or or a service that you're selling and then don't understand how well you're doing it. You know, how well is the process that generates you that product or service? Yeah. You will get feedback from, the, from your customers for sure. And if your customers aren't happy, well, you have to figure out a way to make your customers happy if you want to stay in business long. Well, and so the way I think of it is as long as you have the two Ps, processes and people, you really should be auditing. Because there's so many variables that come with those two things that without any sort of auditing, those two things have a tendency to fall towards chaos always. <laughs> it naturally drifts towards chaos. 
Oh man, I like that topic as a future show. Chaos. <laughs> chaos. Yeah. There's a lot of control, books been written on chaos. chaos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Good you know, story. I think as long as you've got those two items in your in your environment, I think internal audits are important. But you know, so so sticking with uh, you know, environments that, that need some sort of program, um, uh, a certification is one of the biggest reasons that you'll you'll need to, to put an audit program in place. And there's quite a few different types of internal audits, at least that I could think of. So I came up with um, 5S audits, safety audits, uh, layered audits, process audits, and product audits. Those are the the, the five types of audits that, uh, that I can think of and that I've done in, in, in my past. And they're almost laid out in order of simplistic to complex um, in that... You know, if doing a 5S audit, it's very focused on a particular station or environment or a particular um, uh, 5S program of some sort. Safety, kind of the next one up. Uh, you're, you're auditing some sort of safety aspect. Or you could be auditing the full safety program within an environment. Now, that's again, that's a bigger, larger audit. Uh, layered audit's kind of interesting because that one starts to introduce uh, uh, multiple people to the auditing process at different layers within the organization. I really like layered audit. I'll, I'll jump in here. Of course, the other, the other, you have to, you have to do those checks, safety checks, and you know, call them an audit or whatever. I think it's an audit when you, when you record the results of your check, right? You can, yeah. you can then, like, qualify it that way. Which I think yeah. all of these should be recorded. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. and that's that's why it's a good you know title to call it an audit. Yeah. But um, yeah, the layered audit really really dovetails the organization with responsibility and accountability. Yeah. And so that's why I wanted to jump in there. To me, to me, if you've got a layered audit system, um, you you show that the account the accountable parties along the chain of command are invested. And that's what people want to see as well. They want to see that there is an investment along the chain of command sure. to the people that are being asked, asked what to do. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up, too, is is the audit system versus the maturity of the process. Mm-hmm. We talked about, a little bit about this earlier before we started here. And, and because, like, when you said one of the first audits is, is a 5S audit, all right, well, you have to have a 5S program in place. To have an audit, sure. Okay, so you know, there's, there's, I think there is a chicken and an egg answer here. You have to have the process understood and kicked off, and then have an audit. Yes. So, so the amount, the the, the maturity of your process, I think, dictates how much you audit of these five audits that you're describing. So totally agree. I think I just that's want a, to make sure we understood that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. There is a line in the sand somewhere where it makes more sense to do an audit and less sense to do an audit, uh, just you know where you are at in the process. So I, I would definitely agree with you there. I will say that on a layered audit, um, I agree with you. I think it's one of the better audits, but, but it does take a little more work to get it set up because one of the key components to a layered audit is the fact that anybody in the organization can come through and audit any type of of process or activity, but they are pulling information from a board or, you know, whatever. And it clearly tells them what they're going to go audit 
and how they're going to audit it. So there's a lot of documentation that goes with a layered, layered audit because one of the things layered audit does is reduces the amount of training that is needed throughout the organization. You don't have to have uh, highly trained internal auditors to go do a process audit. What you're doing is you're saying, you know, hey, on this date, this person in the organization is going to do an audit of maintaining uh, spackling material in the, uh, you know, correct storage, you know, units, you know, or it could be, or it could be this person's going to go audit the receiving process for the material control department, and they're going to look at these ten things, and it'll be almost like a checklist. Right. So and how much effort was put in ahead of time for that? that yeah, and, and what do we what do we continue to talk about here? And people maybe get sick of it planning. Yes. So to have a good to have a good system uh-huh. and, a, and a layered audit system, you have to plan ahead. You yeah. have to plan ahead so quite that, a bit so that. Those documents are well understood as to what the the guiding information is for any kind of audit, and then and then there's got to be some forethought and scheduling as to who's going to do it and when. Now, I probably wouldn't put a layered audit process in until I had a more mature environment. So you were talking a minute ago about if you have on one end you have no program put in place, no processes defined. That's one end of the bookend. On the other end of the bookend is clearly defined everybody understands it it's purely bought in i think towards the right side of that is where i would implement a layered audit uh, as opposed to trying to implement it to the no process side <laughs> yeah yeah i think you would you would spiral into into a death spiral yeah itself. some sort of death fall yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's there's definitely a point that makes sense i would definitely uh, uh probably do uh process and product related audits more towards the beginning of a new environment and i would do those audits with trained auditors possibly even external auditors you know bring in an external source and bring them into the environment and have them audit let's say the the um um, order acceptance process or the material receiving process or the design process or the inventory process. You know, I would have a very specific process for that person to to review and control and understand, you know, what uh, they're supposed to be looking for. Um, and again, you know, I think that you've got to pick your point along the timeline as to where it makes sense to do those, even those types of audits. Here's a question for you. Sure. If you did have an external person or even an internal person and they were doing an audit, is, is an auditing a time for coaching as well? Or is an auditing just a receiving? Is it just a receiving of information wrong or right? Or Yeah, or is it is it purely a, uh, uh, a, a verification process as opposed to a, uh, a notification process? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah right. and, and in some cases it could be a notification process. Hey, did you know that you were supposed to follow this procedure? Yeah, <laughs> did you know, hey, you flunked? <laughs> well, I mean, how you, how you say it. But, right, no, you know, I agree. There is, there, there is a process to feed back the results of an audit, of course, and corrective actions to be taken, but but there, how is, there's an opportunity to for a coaching and a and a uh, reaffirmation of the process during an audit? I would say it depends. It really depends on what you're looking for as far as an outcome. If you're truly trying to see if your environment is ready, because keep in mind the whole point of an internal audit is two things. It's to make sure that what you've defined is being followed, 
and it's to make sure that when you're audited by customers or an outside source, you're ready for that audit. So that's the two things I can think of as to why you're doing internal audits. You're trying to make sure that what you've defined is being worked, and you're trying to make sure that when you get audited from the outside, it, it, it will be done appropriately. So I think that the answer to your question is, is twofold. If you're, if you're young in the process, I think coaching would be good. If you're more mature in the process and you have a certain level of expectations – then you probably should do an audit where you're actually acting like a real auditor so that the people can start to get comfortable with you know, what it takes when a customer audit comes in or a registrar comes in. Yeah, and I think, and even though I asked that question, I kind of did that on purpose to just toss that topic out there. Uh-huh. And Because when I talked about auditing in the beginning, I talked about accountability. And, and if it's always a coaching session, but then the person doesn't have to feel as accountable because you're going to help them along or the yeah. auditors can help them along. Yeah. So you really need to shift that accountability from any coaching or training or anything like that to the person actually doing the job. And they have to understand that. Yeah. I think, I think there are some points in your maturity where if you're just starting out, giving some of that coaching, like, you know, in our case, we're just starting out. So doing a little bit of that coaching along the way is not going to hurt. But I think you have to make it very clear that at some point there'll be a scenario where when you're doing your audits, you're not coaching anymore. You've moved to from this level to this level. You have a certain level of expectations and you're no longer, you know, crawling. You're now walking or running, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, be ready to walk or run. You don't get to crawl anymore. <laughs> you know, and that, and that crossover of expectations then gets into performance. Yeah. You know, then you, then it's it's and we talk about we talk about auditing for a process and and but there are, like you said there are people that do the process and if if you have people then they can't follow the process to consistently you know achieve what they expect to or what you expect them to then then perhaps then you have a performance issue with that individual. Yes, I, I think at some point you do have to start thinking about thinking about that part of it. You're right. Mm-hmm. So um, developing an internal audit program, I think this is the part that makes people nervous is when they, they branch off into starting to figure out how to develop an, an internal audit program. I guess my first comment there is start simple. You know, don't, uh, don't get into a scenario where you're trying to put in a full-blown internal auditing program with trained auditors or a full-blown layered audit process. Start simple. Start getting people used to very simple audits. And that's why I started off with the 5S and the safety. Because those are two areas that you can do a, that can be done by most anybody as long as they understand the requirements. And uh, you can start simple. So if you are doing it, if you do have an environment where you've got 5S in place, start a, you know, a cell ownership uh, 5S auditing where a person would come out and and do an audit of either a zone or a cell or something like that, or a workspace of some sort, and get people used to you know audits in, in that form or fashion. Because here's going to be the question: Oh, why are we doing this? What's what's this all about? Well, this is you know, and you you can take those chances to start explaining. Uh, you you kind of want to say get used to it because you're going to get more of it. 
<laughs> but that's not what you want to say. You want yeah. to explain why and why you're doing it and, and what the future holds for, for internal auditing. So my first inclination is to start simple, get people used to it, and then come up with some sort of documented process. From there, I'd move into some sort of layered audit, auditing program. And then I'd develop some sort of schedule where you do process audits at some point. Because mm-hmm. that's what the that's what uh, if you are going to get certified to some sort of program, that's what an like an ISO certification person is going to want to see. They're going to want to see that you're auditing your key processes throughout your organization. It makes complete sense to me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think the last thing I was wanting to talk about was uh, you know we talked a little bit about uh, training, but um, you know training people to do audits. My first inclination as far as auditors is to try and do it internally uh, just because I think you get more bang for the buck in the long run. Uh, but it's not the easiest path because um, you know, you've, but, cause you've now got people that are basically saying, well, I got my day job and now you want to add auditing to my job. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, especially if you don't have a large quality department or a non-existent quality department. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know I hear that that comment about having a day job and then you know an extra job or collateral duties and things like that. But I think it should be explained to employees that that the quality process and the quality of the the, the product and the processes that you have in the organization is part of your job. Yes, that is part of the day job. Mm-hmm. Even if, if you're a salesperson, yes, you are supposed to sell. But in that selling, you've got to generate quality. You've yes. got to generate the process for you to be able to sell in a, in a high quality process, a high quality manner. So, so, you know, just to say that, Oh, this other stuff is, is outside of your normal job duties. I think, I think that's a retraining of, of employees that management has to take on. And then of course, that's where we as leadership go. Well, we've got other duties as required listed here. Well, yeah, if you want to go to the job description, yeah. Yeah. Other duties as required, yeah. Go get my car washed. Yeah, my encouragement would be not to go down that path. (laughs) No, if you, you know, that's that's the difference between being a leader and manager. A manager can can direct somebody to a list of things that they're tasked to do. Yeah. Where, you know, a good leader, a good leader will, you know, provide the motivation for your employee to do what is right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, uh, why don't we go ahead and wrap this up? I think in summary, from an internal auditing standpoint, I think we both agree that it's important for any type of environment to have some sort of internal auditing program. Uh, I think starting out simple and making sure that everyone understands we're involving processes and people. So it takes a little bit of time to get it going. Any thoughts to mm-hmm. add to that? Just that it's a communication tool as well, a reinforcement tool to the process. Yeah. You know, we're, we've got the process, we trained you, and we're going to audit to make sure that the process is right and not stick to, not, not, not go after the people, like we said, and want to reiterate that. Um, at least the first, you know, the first go through of, of all of the, the processes and the audits. It's yeah. about is the path right? Is the path right now? The people that are on the path. That's a separate. That's a separate issue from is the path correct? Agreed, agreed. So uh, let's get into our picks of the week. Um, I've got a uh, you know I, I go down movie paths a lot, and I started watching a uh, a Netflix series called Stranger Things, and I love it. 
it, in fact, I'm almost already I'm almost already done with it. You know, it, it, I just got hooked on it and and started started watching it. And it, it's a it's kind of a sci-fi thriller, uh, but it's set in the '70s, late '70s. So it's very much my uh, age. yeah my yeah. age. You know, so everybody out there that's listening now, you know how old I am, roughly. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's uh, it's set in a neat in a neat air, you know, and so looking at all that stuff and listening to the music that's part of the movie, it's just very, it's very well done. So, uh, stranger things, is it like odd things happen like aliens and stuff or yes, (laughs) I don't want to ruin it for you, you know? So so if you have Netflix, check out the series. It's really good. In fact, it's getting, it's one of the, it is the highest, uh, watch show on Netflix now. Really? It's that yeah. good, yeah. So, so, I'm yeah, it, it is good. So, uh, so what's your pick this week, Sean? My pick is coaches, trainers, right? Okay, so I think I've, I've might have I might have mentioned different um, resources that I've used and had in the past, but you know, there's a lot of resources out there that that you could get information on how to become a better leader, better manager, you know, better at your job, better at, at your life. And uh, you don't have to pay a whole lot. There's there's companies out there that will provide blogs and, and videos and things like that. And I, and I, I used to belong to this one group, and I still get the emails uh, from Dynamic Results out of Dallas. And uh, they've got a blog and videos about you know how to ma- how to manage situations at work. So. You know, I would just say, just look look for these resources. You can probably find them on LinkedIn, or some of your friends uh, that are either on LinkedIn or some other work associates can direct you to um, these coaching sites. Well, and that's Dynamic, kind of, Dynamic Results is a, is, a, is a good one. This guy Henry Evans that runs Dynamic Results, I think, is pretty pretty good. Well, and that's kind of how uh, you and I started this podcast. Is you know, we were kind of coaching each other and decided mm-hmm. to hey, let's just start recording our discussions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So we help help other people if if we do help other people or at least give them some comic relief. Comic relief. There you go. Um, so that's all we have this week. Uh, we will uh, be back next week, hopefully, with another topic. Talk to y'all later. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Man versus Business. Please note that neither Sean nor myself are business consultants. We just have a strong passion for discussing all things business. Please remember to visit sigmatree.co to see our other podcasts, our business ventures, and our blog. And by the way, you can also drop us a line from the message page. Again, thank you and have a good week.